everybody. Welcome back to the All-Star Takes podcast. Um, today, will be just myself, Joshua Starczewski, and my brother, Austin Starczewski. Uh, no special guest today or anything. We're going to do a little NBA Finals recap, just overall season recap, you know, give our thoughts on on how the finals ended, you know, if we expected anything or, or whatnot. And then uh, we're going to end the episode with a little bit of golf conversation. For anybody interested, we're going to talk about the U.S. Open and maybe briefly touch on the LIV um, and some of the controversy there and how we feel about that and uh, the different players who have gone to the LIV. Um, so yeah, let's get right into it. Let's start with the NBA. Austin, what are you, what were your uh, first thoughts after the uh, finals? Ended? Uh, Steph Curry is amazing. I mean, that's, that's like my, my, the, the main takeaway from the playoffs in general is just Steph basically just, uh, you know, it's funny. I think that a, a lot of the narrative, especially after the finals has been about, you know, him, you know, quieting the doubters and, you know, all the noise around him. And it's funny that there even was that to begin with. Um, and, and obviously like there, there was, right. I mean, like, I I think I heard a, I heard Steve Kerr on a podcast. I think it was Zach Lowe's podcast, like the day after their parade or something. So like three days after the finals ended or so. Uh And, you know, Steve Kerr was saying like, all these guys, and, and he wasn't talking just about the Warriors specifically, but of course this would obviously apply to his team, but all these guys hear everything, like no matter what they say, you know, and it might not actually like really matter on a given day, but they hear everything. So everything, mm-hmm. you know, the media is talking about, you know, Twitter, whatever it is, like they're all aware. And I think that we saw, and you can kind of tell in how the Warriors have celebrated this championship. We saw how much they heard and, you know, specifically Curry and how much it meant for him to get his first finals MVP, despite the fact that he's won now four titles we saw just how much that meant, um, you know, to the team. And then obviously to Curry specifically, I mean, Steph Curry was the best player in the series. And I thought the Warriors were going to win because of, of him. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, to have the games that he had in game four and game six to close it out. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, it was really not unexpected because of how great he has been, but, and yet it, it was almost like he had to prove it again, um, you know, for, for us to be like, oh yeah, he is that great. And I think at this point, mm-hmm. most people would put him probably, if not in their top 10 of NBA players of all time, pretty, pretty, pretty dang close to 10. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think he's the second best point guard of all time. I think I'd have magic number one, and then I'd have Curry, you know, right behind him. And the, the cool thing about Curry is that he's a point guard, but he's really like a, a just a, a combo guard because he's just as good off the ball. I mean, he played off the ball in college. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all he does is just run around in circles. Um, so I, that was my biggest takeaway, honestly. I mean, yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I think that, I, I think that a lot of the, you know, Steph Curry, um, I wouldn't even say like dislike, I would just say like judgment is very, was very just like misplaced and kind of misguided and just kind of unnecessary. I think there were some analysts who made decent points about it. Um, I think, you know, it's kind of tough because the media is all, I, I, I don't know. I struggle to talk about the media because it's all bogus. Um, so a lot of what they say is just to say it, they don't really mean half the stuff they say and they'd admit that themselves. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think it was really just kind of, they, people love to hate greatness, um, in every sport. Always, yeah. Um, and there's a reason why, you know, you see people ripping on 
LeBron every single year, regardless of what he does. You see people ripping on Curry every year, regardless of what he does. So it's just kind of tough because that's what always happens. Um, I think that there was some, there was some statistical, you know, evidence to back up the fact that Curry has not performed very well under pressure um, in the playoffs, especially in the fourth quarter, late in games, but he completely proved that he can in the finals. Um, so I kind of, I, if I had all thought that I backed off it. So um, I'm, I'm, you know, I had said in the last pod, I didn't really want them to win, but I'm impartial. Um, I don't really like the Celtics as a Sixers fan, but I would have liked to see them win um, just because I think it would have been cool for some of those younger guys to win. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, swallow my pride. They, they deserved it. They had a great season. Um It'll be interesting to see, you know, next year they'll be just as good, if not better. So, you know, it'll be very, very interesting to see how other teams kind of change their game plans and there's teams to build against them, especially teams in the West who are going to have to play them a lot and then play them in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you won't see it as much in the East, but in the West, I feel like we'll see a lot of teams rebuild their team a little bit to kind of counter um, what the Warriors are good at, uh, which is a hard thing to do, but um, it'll be a, it'll be a really fun off season. We've already seen a ton of moves. Um, you know, Jeremy Grant went to the trailblazers. That's a great move for them. Get them. From yeah. Like- I mean, as we're recording this too, I mean, the NBA draft is in four hours. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. <laughs> there, there'll yeah, be a exactly. lot that happens tonight before this. Exactly. Pod, I, see, uh, I saw that. Um, uh, what did I just see? Somebody's going after somebody. Oh my gosh. I just was looking at this. Um, yeah, the, the trailblazers are trying to get, uh, OG, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. From Toronto, from Toronto, which yeah. I mean, ultimately like if they really pulled up with Anthony Simmons, Jeremy Grant, Damian Lillard and, and OG, they would definitely be a pretty good team. They're not winning anything in the West, but they would definitely be a very good team. They, they could be a top six seed with that lineup. would be a great starting lineup. Um, but right now they're barely a playoff team and OG is not going to get him over the hump. But the point is there's been a lot of moves already. There's going to be more moves tonight. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about those if anything happens in our next episode, but I think the NBA is in kind of a weird spot um, because the off season for the NBA can be very fun, but I just, I'm not excited by this draft at all. It's extremely boring to me. Um, I have no, I have like the top three picks, assuming they are Jabari, Paolo and Chet are just three of the, like, I am so underwhelmed by those three players in every aspect. Um, I think they all could be very good in different ways, but it's just really underwhelming. Like I'm not looking at like a Cade Cunningham or a, or a Jalen green or like players who like really excite me. It's just kind of like, okay, like, all right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think the only one for me that like is pretty exciting is Chet because the ceiling could be so high. It just, you know, it's not as, I mean, Kate Cunningham, for example, I loved Kate Cunningham coming out last year mm-hmm. and Kate Cunningham had the crazy high ceiling, but I think it's also was, you know, his floor was also pretty high as well with Chet, you know, because of his body, you know, there are risks there that, you know, it just, it's never going to really, I think happen. Chet has an extremely low floor. I'm more excited for both the other two picks than Chet. I'm not, I'm not a big Chet guy. Uh, I watched him in the, in the tournament get bodied on defense the entire yeah he also tournament. he also is getting foul calls for like being of course the seat of, of course but he can't he can't play defense so i'm not really excited for whoa, him whoa, 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 whoa. i mean he's the best shot blocker in the draft because he's because he's because he's tall i mean it's not hard I mean, to block shots that tall. yeah but that matters i mean that's that's what Rudy i get it but he's i get it. he's got no mobility he's not fast he's gonna get he's gonna get bodied in the nba like it's i think i think i think chet if if chet hits his potential i think he's the best player in this draft by far 
I, I just don't, I don't know if so. he will. Do I don't that. think I mean, he's got the potential Jabari Smith has at all, but I mean, that's my personal opinion. I see, I think Jabari is the safest pick. I think Jabari has the, the highest floor, but I, I think Chet. Seals I don't agree. I think, I think when you have a guy who can shoot the three ball as well as Jabari Smith at that height, he's got a ceiling that's much higher than any other player. It's a league that is revolves around the three, three point shooting and big men who can shoot the three are, Few and far oh, between. So I mean, Chet Chet's up the three pretty well too, and he's seven feet tall. So not even close. It's not even close to the same though. I mean, that's not even like no. But he also even... handles the ball like a guard. I mean, he's he, he, I guess his offensive skill set could be so so high. Yeah, and then I, obviously, then there's, there's I understand. Power. I understand the concept, but I'm not exactly. I'm not a Chet guy. I will say at Clearly. all. Very so, dislike him, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I I don't think that any of these guys are like bona fide or or like you know high probability all NBA, you know, players. And then there's also Jay and Ivy, who I think is pretty much the consensus number four. Um, I know there's a lot of teams that are still talking about possibly trading up to number four um, mm-hmm. to try and get Ivy. I don't know about him either. I mean, I think again, like high ceiling, but possibly low floor. Um, yeah. Another player who I can't stand. Like, I, I just think his game is so like, it, it's tough. Cause like, I know they're college players and I know a lot of the guys when they get, when they get to the league, are able to kind of fix one of their big issues. And like for me, Jay Ivey turnovers, he can't, his ball handling is great, but he makes horrible decisions. I mean, when he played last year, he would just jack shots from everyone on the court. And I kind of understand it's college. He's their best player. It's so team dependent. That's the thing in college. Like it's so team dependent. That was the big issue with Jabari. I mean, Jabari, Mm -hmm. Auburn, Auburn's guards were just bad. They were, yeah, they they were not good at all. They couldn't get him the ball. And they, they thought they were superstars. So Jabari, you know, really suffered in that way um, because of his team. And I think with, mm-hmm. with Ivy, I mean, obviously like they have, they have Purdue always has, you know, three guys who are like seven foot seven, um, you know, Edie is obviously one of them there, but, you know, I, I just wonder like if he has more spacing, um, he's so fast is the thing. Like, yeah. Extremely so fast. No, um, I, absolutely. So we'll see, but yeah, I mean, I agree, especially in that, that last, uh, or I think it was actually the last two, tournament games there were definitely a couple moments where you're like why why you know throwing up a 31 footer for no reason mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it's yeah those of, things I, get I fixed get those things get fixed often so i i don't get me wrong i could see a lot of these players fixing some of their issues and kind of you know becoming good players but i'm just so not excited by them that i just feel like i don't know i feel like this offseason is going to be really boring unless a lot of trades are made um but there might be, I mean, there, I think there's gonna be a lot of movement. I mean, the thing is though, there's always a lot of movement in the NBA and I mean, mm-hmm. we're Sixers fans, right. We've seen it for the last couple of years where, you know, this happens and that happens and it's super easy to get excited. And yet look at the teams that were just competing for the finals, right. I mean, mm-hmm. the Warriors, obviously they've made moves, you know, with Durant and then post Durant, you know, the D'Angelo Russell mm-hmm. and D'Andrew Wiggins, et cetera. But that's not really at the same like caliber, I would say of these like crazy we're going star hunting, you know, the Celtics didn't do that. And, and look at, look at them. I mean, the bucks, mm-hmm. they, I guess they kind of did that with drew holiday, but again, we're not talking about anything like, you know, James Harden level, but again, again drew Holiday's a better player than James Harden, but you know what I mean? Those like stereotypical, like we're, you know, stars that you want to go get, it just never seems to work. So, you know, it's maybe that's not the mentality that people should have anymore of wanting to get, you know, for example, this off season, Bradley Beal or even Dame, you know, maybe that's not the move. Maybe, maybe, you know, shooting for depth, and, you know, shooting and good wings and, and, you know, people who actually care and want to win, not James Harden, you know, that might be what wins in this league. So mm-hmm. those like crazy headlines and whatnot, it gets less exciting when now we've kind of seen the data shows like this doesn't necessarily lead to wins anyway. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it. I, I don't think it. I don't really agree. I, I, I do agree, and I'm glad that the, the teams who had success this year had had success. But I don't like the idea of building super teams. I don't think it works. I agree, but I don't think it's like if was if the Sixers traded for a Drew Holiday caliber player or a Malcolm Brogdon, they're not a superstar at all. But that's a big headline, and that's like still a huge move. I agree. They need to get the PJ Tuckers of the world. But like, I don't know. I, I well, the Sixers. I, I see the what Sixers you're saying. Are different. The Sixers are out. Be uh, a different like situation because I, of hard. no. I know, but I see what you're saying. But also, like before this year, the Warriors were in that place. Like the Warriors had that success. Yeah, they didn't go after that guy, those guys, but they had those guys. Like just because you didn't go and buy a super team, you still had a super team. Like, you know what I mean? And they did actually go buy a super team and it did work. So yeah, but it took them, it took them, it took them like four years to get to that point. I mean, that's the thing. And that's, that's basically where the Celtics are now. They're kind of like the Warriors in like 2015 Mm -hmm. with, you know, Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum and and smart and those guys. No, of course. But, but a lot of teams are not in a position to do that. I mean, the Bucks at this point are all in on their lineup. They're going to, they might make a couple moves, but they know what their lineup is. They have a good enough lineup to win. The Nets, the Sixers, the I can't think of other teams like a, uh, Clippers. Um, the Clippers. Those teams are all locked into what they have. Like they don't have many options. They can't just sort of, like yeah. The Sixers have Maxi. The Clippers had Norman Powell. Oh no, they do have Norman Powell now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Clippers now have Norman Powell. But like, you know what I'm saying? They're not going to like reset and try and rebuild that competitive like young core like what the Cavs have too. You're just not going to get that. So it's like yeah. a lot of these teams have to make those big moves because what else are you going to do? And right. it's kind of tough. I, I agree. I think team those teams need to stop going after the Bradley Beals and the Damian Lillards and just start building. That, well, that, that, that's kind of my point. And again, it comes from almost maybe my Sixers um, like like bias or like my Sixers like mentality because that's the team that I am kind of thinking of the most. If the Sixers, for example, and I think I would make this statement for other teams as well, but specifically for them, if they traded Tyrese Maxey this offseason in a package to get call it Bradley Beal or, or that kind of like level player. I'd be very upset. It, it would be a, it would be an absolute failure. They would not win a championship and they would be mortgaging their future for no reason. Yeah. They've already done that to some extent with Harden who I don't, from what it sounds like, they're not giving him the max, but they're going to be giving him something relatively close to the max. If they do that again and they give up maxi and they get, some other guy. They're not giving up Maxi. There's literally a negative percent chance that the Sixers trade Tyrese Maxi. If Bradley Beal, if Bradley Beal is available and they'll do the trade and it gets Tobias off the roster, I think they might throw in Maxi, or, or or they won't, and then he doesn't come. But that's absolutely going to be what Washington wants, and we'll see. We'll see what what Maury does. But it would not survive. I mean, that's that's people are talking about that all the time. I mean, that's that's the only asset the Sixers have. So if if they're going to get a third quote unquote star, Maxi's going to be gone. There's no, there's no other way. So. I, yeah, you're not wrong. But like Maxi is a third star. <laughs> like I don't. I, I think so. Yeah. Everybody I, in Philadelphia thinks so. But. Yeah, I think so. And I don't think he's even, I don't even think he's at his you know full potential yet. Not even close. But I, I think Maxi's better than Harden. So, you know. I Yeah, I don't disagree. Well, actually I do disagree. But Maxi will be better than Harden very soon. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's a dog. So I want him to stay. That but that's my point is, is, you know, you watch, you watch this, the Warriors and the Celtics compete and it's just, it's a different, there's such a, a chemistry, the way that they play, the way they, they move off the ball, the way they defend specifically. I mean, my gosh, they try the two best defensive teams in the league and they try, you, you can see exactly. They try. 
They try. I don't think the Warriors are the second best defensive team in basketball, but I, I do. Were, I think they were fourth in defensive rating this past season, and then in the playoffs they were unbelievable. They so. were very good. But and, yeah. and Gary Payton, I mean, came on so strong in the second half of the season. He's one of the best defenders in the league, and he was barely playing. Really. No, I understand. I just think they have three very good shooters who can't play defense, so it's a little. Uh, it's, I, I think Curry's. I think Curry's an underrated defender, but. I think he just looks bad. I'm not going to get he, into that, but Curry can't play defense. He looks bad because he's always, the, he's always the worst defender on the floor because the other four guys are always so good. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you're going to pick out Steph Curry to attack. Who are you going to go at Draymond? You're going to go at Clay before his Achilles. He was maybe the best two-way player in the league. No, but he's I mean, not right now. Also, Draymond's defensive rating in the playoffs was extremely downhill, <laughs> but we won't get into that. He was not very good defensively in the playoffs. But point is, point is, I do agree. I absolutely agree with your with your um with your analysis of what a lot of these teams should do. I think that you need to, you need that, that chemistry. Uh, that's the most important thing to me, in my opinion, a lot of these teams, the nets, the Sixers of the world don't have the, you know, they don't want to play together. They, they, they whine and complain after six straight losses about who needs to go now. It's like, Oh, the wheels are falling off the bus. They all get mad at each other. There's locker room issues. It's just, it's ridiculous. They need these kind of yeah. teams need to build, what the Heat have, what the Warriors have, what the Celtics have, what the Bucks have, you know, they have superstars, but they also have a lot of stars, a lot of good role players. They've played together for a couple of years. You know, they like each other. <laughs> there's no, like you, you see with teams like the Sixers and the Nets, you see like every other week, there's a new headline. Oh my gosh. Like Embiid hates Harden now. And then Embiid has to come out and make a statement about it. And you're like, why is this happening? Like, why is this a thing? You know, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. And maybe um, also they're not coached by Doc Rivers. That might be another thing that would also help. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. The NBA offseason will be very interesting. I'm very interested to see what a lot of these teams do in terms of moves, um, who who gets re-signed and who gets, who gets the boot from a couple of these playoff teams. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the Mavs next year. I'm excited to see what they do in the offseason too. Mavs, Nuggets, Clippers. I think those are my three teams that I'm looking at for next season. I mean, the Nuggets didn't have Murray or Porter all season. They're going to get both those guys back. The Nuggets are going to be very good. It makes me upset because I hate Jokic, but yeah, I yeah. agree. I mean, sure. but I mean, they're going to get those guys back. And that's going to be very good. Huge game changer. And then obviously the, the Clippers are getting Kawhi back. Um, I, yeah, the Clippers are my are my immediate they're my championship pick right now today. i think i think they're my favorites out of the west right now as well uh, love, assuming you know health i mean those two guys are you know yeah, obviously injury prone at this point course, but yeah. but that that lineup now with norman powell is going to be it's going to be deadly be. yeah it, it should be they should be very dead. good and I, and I know they're looking at possibly trading luke Kennard, so we'll see if if that happens and if it does oh, i don't want him to do that he's such a good shooter i know but that's what i'm saying we'll see because if they if yeah. they do i'm sure you know, it's not going to be just for some random for nothing for yeah. draft pick in 2025. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's going to be something. Be there. Good at, yeah. That's all I got on the NBA. I don't really have anything else to say, but if you, if you've got any other comments on it, we can uh, keep talking about the NBA. Uh, nope. That's really it. I mean, super discouraging to watch the Warriors uh, as a Sixers fan. It looks like they're playing a com- completely different sport um, than what we watch every year. Um, so that makes me feel really uh, bad. Um, but otherwise now that's, that's pretty much it for me. All right, let's move over to golf. Um, as anybody who follows golf knows at this point that Matt Fitzpatrick won the U S open about a week ago. Um, not even four days ago now. It was Sunday. Yeah. So like five, yeah, five, four days. Um, I was very upset by that. Um, by that finish, um, Austin got me on the Will Zalatoris train yeah, uh, like four or five months ago. Yeah, man. And he's, he's just been, it's been painful. Um, I think I saw in majors this year, 
um, aggregate scores. I think I forget exactly what it was, but like the aggregate scores of players in majors, it was like, it was like Will Zawatoris leads all golfers on the PGA at minus 13. And then I think it was, I forget who was in second. It was, um, I don't think it was Scheffler. I don't think it was Scheffler. I think Rory was second at 11 under and -hmm. then Scheffler. And then everybody else was, was, um, above par. Yeah, that like, doesn't surprise me. Which was which is nuts to me that Rory and and Zalatoris are there having not won a major this year. Yeah, um, this year uh, it's kind of a shame. I really want Zalatoris to finally get a win. So I was a little upset. But I'm really, I mean, good for Matt Fitzpatrick. He's super young. He's super good. I'm starting to develop his cross-handed chipping. Yeah, um, I, that's crazy. I, I, I absolutely not about that until like two months ago when I was like, that cannot be possible. It's absolutely nuts. I saw him post a TikTok about it the other day. That was pretty much like, screw all my haters. Like it works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's um, the same thing. I mean, Will Zalatoris has like maybe the ugliest putting stroke of all time. It's horrendous. It's horrible. Yeah, it's and yet, you know, yeah. I, I think I saw the stat now when you see it every, almost every major now, I think he's played in nine majors now in his career. So he's only been on the tour for two years mm-hmm. and he's at his six top tens and mm-hmm. three runner-up finishes in majors. No wins, but six out of nine, he's now in the top 10 and three runner-ups. That's that's remarkable. Yeah, he's amazing. He's an amazing player. Um, I really hope he gets a win soon. I, yeah, me too. I'm i now officially like, screw every other golfer on the PGA. I'm rooting for Will Zalatoris in every single tournament until he wins. I yeah, feel, Will Zalatoris and, and Rory too. I mean, Rory's well, always root for Rory, but just the pain of like, and he was so happy for Fitzpatrick too. Afterwards, I was like, you're just such a good guy. So yeah. I want him to win soon, but yeah. Yeah. Golf is in a very interesting place along with, uh, with tennis as well of like, oh, yeah. there's an in-between of, there's an in-between of like, you know, that in-between talent where you have a lot of young guys who are very good, but there's no, like, there's no, there's no like domination per se. Rom kind of started to do it last year and then, and then he hasn't done anything. Yeah. Morikawa has been up and down like a roller coaster. Scheffler, I don't think is actually this good, but we'll see if he keeps if he keeps playing this well, he easily could be that guy. But um yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was I was talking to our dad actually um on I think it was like Saturday. Yeah, I think it was Saturday morning. Um, so during the US Open. And obviously, like all the live stuff is going on and and all the conversations about that and how that affects the PGA and golf in general. And the, the biggest thing is we're talking about how, you know, Liv offered Tiger Woods basically $850 million to, you know, come over from the tour and go to Liv. And he said no. And, you know, the biggest thing I think that, the, that golf, the biggest concern I think for golf and then obviously, you know, PGA specifically is, you know, who are the, the next stars? Because I think the concern mm-hmm. that I'd have is you have a lot of really, like really high quality relatively young players, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, you know, Colin Morikawa, Will Zalatoris, like these, Justin Thomas, like these guys are, are unbelievable. Right. I think when we were talking, this is what I was talking about. My dad was, you know, specifically, I think because of how golf has kind of changed in the last call it like 10, 15 years, both in technology. And then also with literally how Tiger Woods really Mm -hmm. grew the game. The, 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 the pool is so much bigger now instead of there being two or three really, 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 really good golfers like Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, and you could just get behind those two guys for a decade and they would draw these huge crowds. Now there's 10 guys that are really talented. And so there isn't going to be, you know, one guy who wins, you know, Mm -hmm. 10 majors in four years because the pool is so much bigger because of how golf has changed. Yeah. And that actually makes it harder for the PGA tour, I think, because they don't have as many like really high caliber marketable stars 
to kind of get behind, to keep, you know, ratings up and to keep people interested. Um, and obviously they don't have the money that live has. So live doesn't even really mm-hmm. care, um, about ratings. They don't even care if they make a profit in the next like four years. Um, so it's, it's really a weird spot for golf. And it's funny cause it's not even a bad thing. Like it's not a bad thing to have no. multiple good players. And yet it actually kind of hurts because people don't recognize. I mean, my dad was really saying like, if you walk down the street and, you know, Scotty Scheffler is the number one golfer in the world. If, you know, 10 years ago, if you walked down the street and said, Hey, do you know who Tiger Woods is? Nine, nine out of a hundred people know who he is. Mm-hmm. You ask that about Scotty Scheffler, 95 people don't know who he is. No, it's like so, tennis with Medvedev. And it's just like, yeah, no, tennis is in, tennis is in a mm-hmm. similar spot right now with the big guys, you know, getting closer to retirement and who knows what that's going to look like. I mean, my rising star on this podcast, like seven months ago was Carlos Alcaraz and that mm-hmm. looks pretty dang good now, but who knows? I mean, who knows what that's going to look like in the next couple of years, mm-hmm. but golf, you know, right now the ATP tour doesn't have, you know, the, the equivalent of live breathing down their neck like no. the PGA tour <laughs> does. So that, that makes it all the, all, you know, all the more important for them to figure out something mm-hmm. to kind of keep them relevant. Um, but it's, yeah, it's crazy times. I and mean, it's really, is. it's crazy times. Yeah, it's, it is. It absolutely is. I think the, yeah, I think the, 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 the money offered by live is kind of like, it's, it's definitely like a, um, it's, it's so funny to me because it's just like Kepka leaving the PGA is one of the funniest moves I've ever seen given like the extreme hypocrisy of it. Um, and it actually like, it does kind of piss me off a little bit because I said, I've talked to, I've talked to all of my, you, our brother, Ryan, our dad, everybody I know about live versus the PGA and kind of how I've said personally, you know, I think that there's absolutely screwed up things going on with the people running live and, and the Saudi money that they're being paid is not exactly clean money, but that I personally am just kind of like of the stance of, you know, let's try to separate golf from politics. Um, but people like Kepka kind of make that tough because he like many, many times has come out and said like, screw live. And it's, it's crap. I, I actually have the exact quote that he had a year and a half ago. He said the exact quote was, was money doesn't matter. I just want to play against the best. If somebody gave me 200 million tomorrow, it's not going to change my life. What am I going to get out of that? I have enough money. I could retire right now. I just want to play golf. And I understand it doesn't exactly correlate to like, I'd never go there, but it is a little like, you know what he's saying, you know, like when he, when he said that a year and a half ago, it was him saying, you know, you guys are just getting, you're, you're just leaving for money. Like you're bad people. Mm -hmm. Um, and now he left for what was probably, I I never ever actually looked it up. I'm guessing he got offered at least a hundred million dollars. I believe 150, 150. That was, that's kind of the standard at this point. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's kind of ironic. Um, so, you know, I think that makes it a little bit tougher because just kind of like you look at that and you're like, Hmm. So people like Phil, like we've talked about Austin, people like Phil left for live because the PGA has just is, is also sketchy in different ways and is kind of also screwed up in the way they treat their players. But then people like Kepka leave and you're like, is it not about money? I don't know. It's kind of, yeah. you know, it's a little, there's, there's like an in-between there of like, are you leaving for the right reasons or are you, is it a, is it a, an FU to the PGA? Is it a, we think live is better, which we know it's not right now. So it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. 
Yeah, I, I think I think for Brooks, the one thing that I think is is possibly I'll say possibly because I don't know, but possibly a factor is his brother Chase. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like Chase Kepka is already on Live. He was on the initial that first tournament. He was on the initial like list of forty four guys, whatever that had joined Live. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, Chase Kepka is not a high caliber golfer. I mean, Chase Kepka. I don't even know how many tournaments he. Played. I know he played on a few tournaments on the tour, but not many. Um, I don't know how much money Chase Kepka got from Live to mm-hmm. start, but knowing what we kind of know about these people that are you know running this organization, where the money is coming from you have to wonder like, what did they say they would do for Chase if Brooks came? Because that's the only thing that seems like it might've changed in the last year. And even in the last like couple of months for Brooks is that Chase was going. And if, if, if Brooks going, you know, got Chase an extra 5 million, that might be something that he said, you know what? Like, I don't, I don't care. I can make all this money and my brother will make a bunch of money too. Uh-huh. It, I just wonder, because the other thing I read was that Brooks actually said no to them multiple times. Mm-hmm. And all they did was just the number went up and then the number went up and the number went up. And that's what Dustin Johnson did too. So right. I think the combination of them just basically throwing a blank check at him, you know, for lack of a better, I mean, basically, and continue to do that until he finally decided to go. Mm-hmm. And the fact that his brother was going, and this is basically his brother's chance to make real money because it wasn't going to happen for Chase on the PGA tour. Mm-hmm. So I just, you gotta, I wonder what's like, what's there, but I mean, it's not a good look for the PGA tour. They're now starting to lose like relatively young stars. I mean, Brooks Kepka and, and Bryson DeChambeau are not two guys that the PGA tour wanted to lose. Um, and they did. I would not be surprised if they lost Morikawa too. I know he has said no in the last couple of weeks, but he, I would he not be something pretty aggressive like three days ago about it. Like, did he actually? I, yeah, like about like there's no like because I think he pulled out of a tournament or something, or and he was like absolutely not like this like stop talking about this. I'm I'm not even like I'm not even remotely mm-hmm. considering okay. it. Okay, 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 okay. Um, but who knows? I mean, again, that's today. Who knows about mm-hmm. a year from now or two years from now? I mean, the the fact of the matter is is that they've got a ton of money. And they're literally playing, paying these guys to play 40% the amount of tournaments. I mean, they're three day events and there's like nine this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like, I mean, that's what Dustin Johnson said. He's like, I just want to make a ton of money and not play golf. I'm tired of playing golf. Like, but, I mean, I, who am I to say no? I mean, I, I would, I mean, I would love to make more money and do less work, right? Like that's, that's like everyone's dream. That's everyone's goal in life is to not have to work super, super hard and make even more money than you were before. So I, I kind of get it, you know, to that extent. And then I, you know, we've talked about this off camera, obviously, I don't really hold these guys responsible for, you know, what's well, obviously like where this money is coming from and what these people are doing, but I don't even really think it's their responsibility. I mean, we don't hold, you know, we don't hold the NBA responsible for what they do. Why would we hold individual golfers responsible for, for the Saudis, right? right? Like at the end of the day, like it's really easy for someone to get on Twitter and be like, you're a terrible person for going over here when you have a, yeah, I'd love to see what you would do if they offered you $200 million. I'd love to see you'd be like, mm-hmm. nah, I'm not interested. I mean, it's a hard thing. We, we can't possibly imagine, you know, what that feels like. We are not in this situation. We never, I mean, maybe hopefully that'd be awesome if someday we were, but <laughs> the odds are that we're not going to be in that position. And then you can yeah. say, oh, well, Brooks Kepka has already earned $37 million. $37 million is a lot of money. $150 million is a heck of a lot more. And it's not just <laughs> yeah. for Brooks Kepka. It's for Brooks Kepka's, you know, kids, their kids, the kids below. I mean, that's, that's, that's creating generational, generational wealth. wealth. Yep. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to sit up here and be like, you guys are awful. You know, what, what Phil Mickelson did was kind of awful because he, you know, at least was really dumb to 
specifically say like, I agree, you know, this is all terrible and I'm doing it to prove a point. That was pretty stupid of him. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's not my place to, 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 you know, chastise these people. I mean, like they're just doing what they think is best for their families. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty hard for us to, you know, judge them for that. Right. It's not right. It's, it's tough because these people are doing it publicly, right? It's like every single, every single aspect of, of, of large business, large corporations has extremely unethical practices, whether that means, you know, you know, they're using, they're using, you know, manufacturers that use sweatshops or, or horrible things, things the NBA do, you know, big, uh, you know, Nike with certain shoe brands. It's, it's not, or certain shoe people, uh, I'd say, but it's like, you don't, you don't hear about it, right? It's the whole company. It's not in the media every day. You're not, you don't like open your phone and see, Ooh, you know, so-and-so partnered with Adidas and Adidas uses, uh, you know, a fabric that is specifically killing the environment in this country. You don't, you don't see that. Like, no, you, you know what I mean? Like you don't, that's not a thing that's publicized Whereas these people are doing it so publicly. Um, and right. they're, they, you know, you know, they have a gun to their head right now, every single one of them. So they're not in a position where they can kind of like, be like, you know, they're literally like, if you watch an interview with them, they're getting asked extremely deep political questions. Oh, it's like, it's yeah. like watching a, it's like watching a, a debate for, a you know, position. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you know, and I, I, again, I'm not saying that those, those questions they're asking aren't legit, but I just think they're asking it to the wrong people, you know, I, I completely ask agree. it, ask those questions to the people who can actually make a difference. Ask the questions to the people who can actually stop these people from, get it from earning this dirt money. You know what I'm saying? Don't ask it to the people who are just saying, Hey, I'm going to go play nine golf tournaments for $200 million and then still get to play in the majors or at least the, the opens. I mean, no, all of them. I mean, you, the masters is an invitational, the PGA championship. I, I actually didn't know this until this happened. The PGA does not own the PGA championship. Which are you I, serious? Didn't know. I didn't know no. that. I thought, I thought they couldn't play neither one of them. That's no, hilarious. Oh my gosh. The only, the only one that is going to be like, quote unquote, dicey is the masters because the masters is technically an invitational. Therefore, if they didn't invite you, I don't right. know, like, I don't know what you do to fight it. But from what I've heard, there's no expectation as of now, that that's going to be a problem for these mm-hmm. guys. So because well, why would the why do the masters care? They're gonna invite they're gonna invite DJ and Kepka they want, and then they the guys the they want the names. Yeah. yeah, they just want they want the best players there they can possibly have. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, again, and and, and even when things are brought up, like when Daryl Morey tweeted about China and what was happening in China, you know, the NBA attacked him. I mean, he mm-hmm. was he was reprimanded for for what for for pointing out exactly what the media has been pointing about about these guys in this this league for the last two months, mm-hmm. and we we. On, in this case, we're so anti all of these people who are making this decision mm-hmm. because of all those things. And yet when, when Daryl Morey said it, everyone was anti Daryl Morey. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why we pick and choose, you know, what we do and don't care about and what's okay and what's not. It makes no sense. And to hold the, the individuals responsible is just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I so, think that's the part that I don't agree with. I think, like I said before, there's definitely like, there's definitely standing for the, for the judgment of, of the league as a whole. Yeah. But you're right. I think the, the judgment of these individuals characters and to say that all, you know, you see people all over Twitter and all over, you know, major media platforms, you know, calling them out, calling them trash people, whatever it's, I, I'm not going to be that person, you know? Yeah. And how much, and, and I wonder how much, you know, and I have all the respect in the world for guys like Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas and all the respect for them to like be blasting live as much as they are. That's, that's cool. That's great. 
But I wonder how much of that is actually the like human rights stuff. And they're upset that these guys are like taking this, you know, dirty money. That's probably part of it. But I think part of it's also just, they're sad about what's happening. They're sad that people are leaving. They're sad that, that the tour is getting decimated. And there's, I think there's no doubt in my mind that at least part of them is a little worried about what's possibly going to continue to happen over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. So that is, yes, they're, they're, they're attacking the situation for that. Oh, they're looking out for themselves too. Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. Of course. Because I, 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 you know, yeah, I, I, I do think that's absolutely part of it. I think that there's, and you also don't see most of them bashing the individual players. They're bashing the league. They're not saying most of them haven't come out and said, you know, you don't see Rory get online and say, Dustin Johnson's a piece of crap. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The only thing that Rory said recently was they asked like, if he lost respect for Phil or whatever. And he said like, as a golfer, no. Right. Or something like that. And I don't, I don't disagree. The way Phil handled himself was not, I was not. Phil Mickelson has made himself the villain. He literally has this five o'clock shadow. He wears black jackets. Like he just wants to be the villain. Like he's just the classic villain. It's, I don't, it's hilarious. It's literally hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, this live stuff is crazy and it's only going to get crazier. I think. Yeah. That's all I have to say about it. I mean, I think we covered it pretty well. It's an, it's yeah. a very volatile topic. I'm not, I imagine this won't be the last time we talk about it um, with, or mentioned briefly, you know, new names who have gone, but, but yeah, I mean, thanks. Thank you everybody for listening. That's all I have. If you're good, if you have anything left to say, you can obviously say it, but no, no, I'm good. I'm ready for football. Football's around the corner. Get ready. I'm for, ready for uh, football. A yep. ton of episodes on, on the NFL in the next couple of months. Yeah. We have a couple episodes planned for this week, actually on the NFL. Yep. That'll be fun. So we'll see, maybe get a guest in there. We're not sure yet, but um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. See you guys. Thanks.